Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti, and I've got to say, today is one of those absolutely perfect podcasting days because it's super moody outside, it's cold, it's windy, it's like ominous feeling, and I'm sitting here feeling super cozy in this, you guys would laugh if you could see me right now, this matching sleep set from, I believe it was like J. Crew a couple of years ago. It's so soft. And it's just, it's a matching like top and bottom situation, but it's like a button down. It looks like I am Blair Waldorf or why did I say her name like that? Blair Waldorf or something like that. Um, Yeah, I, I exclusively have cozy clothing at home, only stretchy pants, like nothing remotely fitted. That is all I have here. And so I'm just cozy from the month of November to December of this year. That is just my vibe, my jam. So anyway, today is the perfect podcasting day. I'm sitting here with a carton of fresh blueberries next to me. I got an iced tea, which honestly, now that I think about it, should probably have been in a hot tea just to go along with the um, the vibe we're uh, having here. But regardless, we are here. We are ready to spill out our hearts. And by we, I mean me, because it's a one-woman show in terms of uh, who's talking here. And yeah, I mean, honestly, this is one of those episodes where it really does stand true to, uh, you know, what the whole podcast is about, which is Spoken Diary. That is what today's episode is going to be like. I'm just going to spill out my heart, tell you guys the real truth about how I'm feeling right now, what's going through my head, especially being home. I told you guys last week that there's going to be a lot of content from me probably the next couple of months because I'm sitting here at home. Uh, my social life is next to nothing besides wine nights with my parents and watching YouTube videos on the TV. That's literally what we've been doing. My parents are obsessed with this um, sailing YouTube channel. It's called SV Delos, and it's about this family or this guy I mean, it's been like 11, 12 years maybe he's been doing it. It started with just him and then he's slowly like made a family out of, um, you know, meeting people and he basically cruises around on this sailboat year round like to all these crazy places and he does like daily vlogs of it. It's very cool. Um, Anyway, so that's kind of my social life recently. Uh, Me, my parents and SV Delos, this YouTube channel and uh, some glasses of Cabernet. But yeah, uh, anyway, so like I said in the last episode, lots of content for me, lots of feels, lots of thinking going on here. So I definitely have a lot to share with you guys about just some just some things I've come up with. We're going to talk about that, um, all of which kind of have to do with thinking about friend breakups, which is really interesting. I always, um, you know, these topics are always kind of sad, honestly, to delve into. Any sort of breakup is sad, of course, but especially when it has to do with non-romantic breakups. You know, when friends of yours that you thought maybe at the age of 15 would stick around with you for ever and ever and ever and you'd be in their weddings and all the things you think about when you're 15 and you're looking into the future and they're no longer with you when you... um think of your life now and you know you think oh well like what happened and why and you know what does that say about me what does that say about us what does that say about them and so I want to talk about that today Um, I'm also going to do a Dear Katie segment when um, I mean you guys submitted a bunch of amazing questions to me via DM and I want to delve into those as well Uh, quite a few of them actually had to do with friend breakups so it's really going to segue quite well thank you very much for that (laughs) I love when things work out so we'll be talking about that too Um, I also just want to kind of address some of kind of the the prickly 
anxious thoughts I've been having recently when I think about the future and about what lies ahead. I mean, I was reading the New York Times daily email they send out. Highly recommend you guys subscribe to it if you aren't already. It's really a great source of uh, mostly unbiased news. I find that it's pretty unbiased. Um, I'm also pretty bad at sensing biases in news, but it's really great because it's often the first thing I see in my inbox when I open my computer for the day and I just kind of, you know, skim it. It's pretty easy to digest and, you know, to get to the point of, okay, what should I be caring about right now? What is most pressing? Because of course there's so much going on in the world politically and a lot changing every single day. So it's good. They also paint a pretty good picture of the COVID cases and, you know, hot spots and things like that. So I like it. Um, But in the article for today's post, uh, today being Monday when I'm recording this, the 23rd, they'd interviewed this like specialist or something. Um, Don't quote me exactly on who the person was, but they, you know, long story short, had mentioned like, oh yeah, life should probably be going back to normal, like mid to end 2021. And as I was reading that, I felt my jaw like go to the floor because I'm like, remember when we thought this thing would last like two months? Like I so naively packed like a weekender bag when I was first leaving the city back in, I guess, what was it, February or something? Um, Maybe late February, early March. And my friend Julia had called me and said, oh, let's go to my beach house for a couple of weeks and ride this thing out. And We all packed like weekender bags and hit the liquor store on the way out of the city and literally were treating it like a little fun getaway. And lo and behold, it's been all these months and it continues to be all these months and we're still kind of living in this weird um, like parallel universe. It it feels very much like that or a, a, you know, Groundhog's Day of sorts. But yeah, so when I was reading that, you know, it, it made me think like, wow, you know, the future is just so hard. It's so hard to predict. I mean, even still, like this person, this scientist was like, yeah, like, okay, again, I don't know what his his, uh, title was, but he's cool enough to be interviewed for the New York Times. So I don't know, or credible enough, I should say. But he said like, yeah, like mid to end 2021. I've seen that a few times, like in various news sources and you know, even just the concept of being able to predict that is so crazy to me and interesting because I feel when I look at my own life and I'm trying to predict my own tomorrow, it's very, very hard for me to do that right now. I feel like it's, I've never had a problem doing that or at least wistfully, you know, wishful thinking about it sort of predictions, but it's really uncharted right now, which is scary for a lot of us. But yeah, so I'm going to get into that in more detail in a little bit. But I do want to kind of roll through just some life updates. I want to do this at the beginning of every episode and make sure I don't forget to do this because as I look back and, you know, as we look back together at old episodes, it's going to be cool to say like, oh yeah, here's what I was up to. And, you know, just like a normal journal, diary entry, etc. So, okay, what have I been up to? Katie Bilotti, what have you been doing? I need to think about it. (laughs) So today is Monday. Yesterday was Sunday. Uh, And what was I doing yesterday? I was actually, funny enough, doing some work yesterday on a Sunday. Wow, crazy madness. Like I said, I have zero social life right now, so... It's really not too shocking, but what I actually did um, in terms of work, it was fun work. So we went and did a shoot yesterday, and when I say we, I actually mean me and another person. I actually mean me and another person, another human being, not just... I actually mean me and another person um, that's actually not related to me. Shocking, not my parents. Um, I, I guess you guys can catch my drift. I am just like the least socially active person right now. But I actually have this friend. So she's a friend slash, I suppose, 
coworker in a way because you know us freelancers coworkers can really be anyone that we work with so she's a photographer that is locally based that I've worked with honestly I think it's been about eight or nine years now that I've known her we kind of grew up together um, not like extremely closely like we went to different elementary schools um, the same middle school but she's a little bit younger than me so you know we kind of didn't exactly totally cross paths but I knew of her and she knew of me And, you know, as we kind of graduated from our high school and went on to bigger and better things, we somehow crossed paths on social media, on Instagram. Um, It's honestly pretty challenging sometimes to nail down photographers that have a similar vibe to you because I feel like, you know, and as any creative person does, it's like, you know, people have kind of their own style that they they don't like to sway from or, you know, change up just for a client, which honestly, I'm that way too. I get really uh, ticked off when a client wants to like totally go into a different realm that I don't really see myself ever going into, like color-wise, font-wise, look and feel-wise. Although I need to like throw those things, those biases in the trash and try to be flexible, but it's, it is challenging. And so when you find a photographer as, you know, a blogger, influencer like me, uh, that really matches your aesthetic and your style, you stick with them like forever. And so in New York, I found a few photographers that I absolutely loved. In LA, I have a few friends that I know of that I've shot with a couple of times. And when I'm home, my friend Emma and I get together because she just gets what I want um, and she's just really awesome honestly she's really awesome she's great at styling and essentially telling you what to do with your hands because that is by far the hardest part of being like the subject of a photo shoot which honestly I I woke up yesterday and I was like oh I have to do this today like I have to be in all these pictures like I, I had so much fun like picking out the outfits for it and thinking up you know the the shoot style and like what kind of photos I wanted but then when I remembered that like I had to be in them I was like oh you're kidding me <laughs> like the story of my life I I'm definitely one of those influencers I hate that word, um, but I will use it because it's really the only thing that applies right now. Um, I'm one of those influencers that like dreads having to like take photos, but when they're done, when I get them back and I see them and I'm like, wow, okay, I don't look as bad as I thought I did. You know, it's honestly pretty great. It's rewarding, but yeah, I don't know if I'll ever shake the feeling of being like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to shoot pictures today. I like it when it's more like on the fly and like we're like at lunch and I'm like, hey, can you snap a quick picture of me outside like that? But when it's like a lot of um, bells and whistles involved, it makes me really nervous. Honestly, I feel very like stage frighty, if that makes sense. But anyway, so long story short, we shot together yesterday. We went to this gorgeous house, a farmhouse. We're about like an hour out from where we shot yesterday. So it was a nice little little drive I got to do, which I'll get into why I love drives in a minute. But uh, the farmhouse itself was just my dream house, guys. It reminded me so much of the house that I used to live in in college just really rough around the edges, had so much character, as they love to say in HGTV, (laughs) but it was just an absolutely gorgeous house. I posted a few um, little walkthrough videos on my Instagram story yesterday, and a lot of you guys were freaking out as well. It just looks like the ideal place to curl up like in front of the fire and listen to Folklore, Taylor Swift album, like on repeat and read a book. Like that is exactly what I would do if I if I own this house and so it turned out like a friend of a friend no a friend of Emma the photographer her mom 
has this fabulous career where she essentially, you know, finds houses, like buys them and not flip necessarily. Like flipping is kind of a huge uh, process of like really remodeling a house. She just like spruces it up with like de- decor, like decorations. And she owns this antique secondhand shop in our downtown area. And guys, like it was immaculate, you know, just the, the, the size of it, the, the taste of it, it was, everything was just flawless. It was just gorgeous, like painted brick, you know, painted white brick. And then original floors with the long, long boards. You know that it definitely was such a bitch to put together, honestly, back in the day, the early 1900s when it was originally laid. And just the most amazing furniture, like worn leathers, um, original like farm style tables with like all of the indentations of like years and years of wear, uh, chunky like um, just chunky wooden pieces everywhere, like baskets, woven stuff on the walls, um, all of those like, uh, what are those called? Those like wrought iron, is that the right term? Like the, the oh, Katie talking about kitchenware is a nightmare. Like I, I just can't do it to save my life, but like hanging from the walls, it just like looked gorgeous. It looked like something out of a, a storybook, okay? And so we had the privilege of shooting there. I am so, so excited for you guys to see the photos that we that we took because I didn't even take a look at them. Like I didn't even see a glimpse, so I have no idea what to expect, but gorgeous stuff. I shot a lot of like nice little fall looks that I hope, or fall, winter, I guess. It's like all kind of the same. Um, here in Maryland, it doesn't get like too, too cold, so like you can get away with wearing kind of fall clothes all year long, just throw a big coat on top, you know, sort of thing. So we shot a bunch of outfits, like five outfits. I'm so excited for you guys to see them. It's just like, I I wanted to stay in this house all day. So I did that yesterday for probably about four hours or so. We were out there in the countryside, it felt like, because there was no service there. You couldn't even see the neighboring house. Like, it's just crazy. Because here in my neighborhood in like suburbia, well, I wouldn't say this is like suburbia, but you know, there's a lot of close, close knit, close together houses around here. And it's just like so different to be in a place where you can't even see your nearest neighbor. It's all just fields, some stories, some ghosts lurking around, but I kind of love that stuff. The Scorpio in me is like freaking out. So anyway, that was what I did yesterday. And like I said, you know, it was an hour out. I got to sit in the car and listen to country music, which is like my guilty pleasure. I feel like whenever I say that, people like groan because they're like, you're kidding, Katie. You don't like country music. Like that's so like, see, I don't even know how to complete that sentence, but a lot of people are on me about that. I got to listen to country music in peace. I got to stare out the window and like think about things. And I honestly love long drives. I don't know if that's like, weird to say but like long drives by myself I genuinely love when I got in the driver's side of my mom's car that I used uh, to get there I like love being home because I can just use my parents cars and uh, use their gas (laughs) and I don't have a car in LA anyway so I don't know why I'm like making a big deal out of it but yeah anyway so I got in the driver's side of my mom's car and I just like felt something in me like decompress the stress leaving my body I could feel it because there's just something about like after being kind of smothered by your family which honestly I say that uh in a loving way (laughs) if that makes sense like I know you know they they care and that's why they're constantly asking me questions and talking to me and asking asking me questions I'll say it again because there's a lot of questions but anyway you know it was just nice to sit in the car 
be by myself because even in LA, I feel like, you know, living with roommates now, it's, it's hard to get moments of solitude when I'm fully by myself and I'm not concerned with what's happening without me. I don't have any FOMO. I'm just like there with me, with myself and able to drive and think and sing badly and all of the things. It's honestly like an unparalleled sort of feeling. And if you love long drives and singing in the car, you're not alone because that is me to a T. Like I remember driving home from college and it being like a six and a half hour drive sometimes from North Carolina to Maryland. And I honestly like looked forward to it unless I was like super hungover, which honestly most years I wasn't. I feel like I was like pretty good. Um, There were a few times where it was a little bit uh, rocky, like after graduation was not too fun. But for the most part, I really looked forward to just like long periods of time by myself, I do miss having time just like to create, to do, to be without, uh, you know, having to close my door and feeling like I'm missing out on friend time and like being there with my friends, especially work from home for everybody right now has been challenging to grapple with and to focus on your work and to not feel like you're missing out on things. But yeah, I feel like I, I like being alone, which I feel like for a long time, I felt like that was really weird, but I think it, it allows me to realize, kind of get to the bottom of what's going on with me better um, because I'm not distracted as much, you know? So anyway, that's what I did yesterday. Um, I'm looking at, I typed down in my notes a couple of bullets so I could remember what I've been doing because all the days are blending together. I watched a really good, really good bad Christmas movie, if that makes sense. Like a really cheesy, horrible Christmas movie that my whole family sat through we all really thoroughly enjoyed, even though it was like super cheesy. And it was called The 12 Dates of Christmas. It came out in 2011, I think, or like, yeah, I think it was 2011 because the fashion was horrible. But (laughs) yeah, we watched it. I I believe it was on like On Demand or on Fios. I don't know what my TV is actually these days here, but I believe you can also buy it on Amazon Prime or something. I don't know. It was really, really good. Um, it had the guy from Saved by the Bell. It had that girl in that one like movie called like not like My Best Friend. Is it called My Best Friend with Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Reynolds like wore a fat suit like that movie? The girl from that. So it was really, really good. Based in New York, every movie based in New York just makes me miss it endlessly. The holiday season has been very hard for me this year because I do miss New York a lot. But we'll get into that later in the episode. I want to get into a little heart spill content, a little bit of what is on my heart and on my mind right now. I do live kind of perpetually with my heart on my sleeve, and you guys know that very well. So I intend on telling you some more of my innermost thoughts and feels that I uh, jotted down in my journal last night. I had a long-winded journal sesh last night. Uh, Sometimes when I think I have like a few things to jot down and update my future self and whoever ends up getting their hands on my journal someday, you know, I think I have a few things to write down to inform them of what's happening. And then it turns out being an hour-long affair of me, you know, going on and on about things that I can't quite even put into words and just you know, that's what a journal is for, honestly, getting those things out and really unearthing things you didn't even know existed in your heart and in your mind. So a little more about the heart and the mind, though. I I feel like everything that I was writing last night kind of revolved around this idea that your heart knows so many things that your mind can't can't explain, can't put into words easily. Sometimes it's hard for your mind to comprehend, to 
to churn out just a, a long-winded essay of like, here's what's going on in, inside of me, like in my mind. But your heart can tug you in certain directions fairly easily, I feel like. You can kind of trust the way that your heart is kind of pulling you towards something or away from something. And even if your mind can't exactly tell you why you're feeling like that, you, you can still trust that feeling, you know? And so I guess to put it lightly, my mind is kind of a total disaster area right now, a total mess. And, you know, to make matters even worse, my, my mouth doesn't even know how to form the words to necessarily validate the total mess that's going on. Like I, I can't even figure out really why. And I, I do know though that it is a mess because when I think about what I'll be doing, where I'll be living in the future, even what I'll like look like in five years, I'm drawing a total blank, a total massive question mark in the place where my hopes and dreams used to be. <laughs> And that sounds so sad and so bleak, but it's kind of true. I feel like in this current climate, in this current world, you know, especially after spending a lot of time sucked into my phone, sucked into social media, it feels kind of, first of all, kind of selfish to have really crazy hopes and dreams right now. And, you know, given a lot of people are struggling and there's a lot of sadness and a lot of just a lot of really hurt people out there, um, you know, doing and saying whatever they can to make themselves feel better and just a lot of negativity um, online right now and a lot of a lot of things that make you feel really guilty about having having hope and, and being happy and of course you persevere but it still it still affects you. And so I just I feel like when I think about my future though, I I don't even like know what I want anymore, which is really kind of terrifying me. And I've been kind of operating the last few months on trusting a feeling, you know, and trusting my heart to show me the way, which I think I said in a past episode, I, I kind of talked about that. Your heart will always know the way. And that's great and cute and lo- would look great on a greeting card or something, but <laughs> it kind of, it only goes so far. And last night when I was journaling, I was trying to even just jot down some goals for myself. And I just, I couldn't even really think of concrete ones because again I my mouth can't even form the words <laughs> I don't know um, it, it's really it's hard to consider the fact that my future might not be in black and white you know terms right now and that I can kind of predict what's going to happen and I've discussed this in past episodes but you know growing up it feels like a lot of our lives are kind of already etched out for us in stone and what what's going to happen next is already kind of decided for us at a young age before we've even even decided it for ourselves and so right now a lot of power lies in my hands and in your hands for our adult lives and and kind of it, it can get to the point where it's kind of similar to analysis paralysis when you have so many options and so many things and it can get really overwhelming. Your future just turns black in your mind and with a huge question mark emblazoning it because you don't know. You don't know. It's hard to not think futuristically when that's the way we've been brought up to think. You know, prepping for college early, thinking about your next promotion at work before it's even happens, your next, your next title. Like I remember at L'Oreal, we were kind of, conditioned in the beginning after training like the first year I was there first honestly like four months I was there I was told you should always be looking 
at what's next and looking around the bend and what is your next role? What's the next brand you're going to be on? Because L'Oreal owns like 15 brands and a bunch of things like that. And you're always looking towards the future. You know, you've been brought up to save for retirement and to do all these things to help your future self out. But have people considered that if we aren't thinking enough about the present and about how we feel in the present, we might not even have a future to save for. And so, you know, kind of going along that in the same grain, I was thinking today about futuristically the people that will be in my life. Because I was thinking earlier about, you know, being home definitely unearths this in me and reminds me of friends that I've lost since high school. And just thinking back to myself, my old videos, honestly, has, has really triggered it to me because I look at old videos from like, I don't know, 2012. I've been on YouTube since 2009. So there's there's been a lot of characters in you know a lot of uh, recurring roles in my videos that people that have been, uh, that are long gone that I haven't spoken to in years, people that I trusted back then to be in my YouTube videos, someone that I texted every day, someone that I saw nearly every day, that I drove home from school, that I confided my deepest, darkest secrets to, and now I don't even know where they're living. (laughs) Like, what are they doing? Like, I, I haven't even been able to keep up with them on social media and things, and you know, it's kind of heartbreaking to think about the people that you've gotten to get so close with. And it can make you kind of sad to think about it, to reflect on these people that once took up so much so much space in your life that now don't take up any at all. And when I was journaling last night, I was thinking about, well, I guess this honestly could be because I was binging Sex in the City, like right before writing in my journal. And it was the season where Charlotte and Harry start taking things seriously and she's like going through the Jewish conversion classes and things like that um, which I I find so interesting like I still watch those episodes and think to myself would I convert for a man like would I can would I Um, which is a whole other thing I was watching that and journaling uh, soon after and was thinking to myself you know when my fiance and I like years down the line, probably 10 years from now, when my fiance and I burst through the doors of, I don't know, a bar or somewhere to celebrate our engagement, which is honestly like my dream scenario. I really want my engagement to be similar to my parents, which they, it was super low key. I don't want it to be public. I don't want it to be something where it's really stressful for anyone. I want it to hopefully be like in my honestly my apartment like that's totally fine with me like my husband or husband to be my fiance just like gets down on one knee I'm like curling my hair I come out for a second and he's like on his knee like I would not mind if that was how it went honestly it sounds really stress-free which honestly stress is something I really do consider when it comes to events like that so my goal proposal would be that sort of scenario something super low-key, not public, not where everyone's going to ooh and ah and all these random strangers. Like, that's not what I want. Like, you know, kudos to anyone who wants that. Totally fine. It's definitely a a personal thing. Um, And this is how my dad proposed to my mom in their tiny little apartment in Annapolis, not too far from where I'm sitting right now. Afterwards, I went there to be kind of like a little party. Well, maybe a huge party. Who knows? Hopefully, we won't be living in the times of COVID and we can have a huge soiree, champagne bottles everywhere, Um, and, you know, celebrating the engagement with my closest friends and family, which who knows, it could be big, could be small, but regardless, regardless, back to the point of this story, 
I was thinking about, you know, when my fiance and I burst through the door and I'm wearing that huge sparkler on my hand, who will be waiting there for me beyond the doors, waiting there to hug me and say, I helped pick out the ring. Like, oh my gosh, we all knew it was going to be tonight. Like, we've seen this coming before you did. And like, just, just the friendly, the friend things to say, you know, the things that your friends say. And who's going to be there beyond those doors? Because, and if it's in 10 years, like I said, like I'm predicting at this rate, I could lose a lot of friends in 10 years. And it, it could be a good thing or a bad thing or just a life thing. But that kind of scares me. I don't know why it like really, really scares me to think about that because I think, I mean, I guess it is a good thing if, if it scares you because that means you have people you don't want to lose in your life. That it means you have people that you really, really care about for friends, which is good. But I guess if you, I don't know, look back at your high school self and think about the people that you rubbed elbows with and that you shared your secrets with and had sleepovers with and all those things, you know, drank for the first time, <laughs> confided all of your dirty, I don't know, dirty thoughts <laughs> with. Think about where those people are now and, and are you still friends with them? I guess if you look back and think about all the people that you've been friends with in life that are no longer in your circle, that are no longer your top, you know, speed dial phone number or I don't know. Like I even have some of these people in high school that I was you know, relatively close with, because you guys know high school was a really dark time for me. So honestly speaking, a lot of the friends that I had in high school weren't true friends. They were friends that went behind my back and would go to parties and not invite me because they were only my friend when it was convenient for them. And we just aren't friends anymore. And a lot of times there isn't a reason. It just happened. I do want to kind of take a moment here to insert a Dear Katie question that I was going to leave for the end, but it honestly makes a lot of sense right here. So um, I'm not going to say the girl's name who asked the question, but she said, I have a few extremely good friends in college. We have our own little circle and I appreciate the hell out of my relationship with them. But there are other friend groups that they hang out with too and I don't because these are groups of girls that are rude, not self-aware, just not good people. So I'm always getting anxious that I I only have this small circle of people and no one else. It's also been hard to find other people I could have a good relationship with in addition to my main group. I feel like I'm too picky about who I spend my time with, but I know it's what's best for me in the end, even though I get anxiety from it. Just looking for advice on if I'm going about my friendships the wrong way or how to branch out to have a different group of friends too. So this is definitely something that I have struggled with as well, um, especially in college, especially when it's kind of strength in numbers, especially towards the beginning. You feel like the more friends you have, the more options of things to do. And friends kind of feel like social currency. The more you have, the richer you feel. And that at least was kind of the mentality, I feel like, early college for me. You got to always think about like where this comes from. For me, it was definitely because of high school, because I got close to no validation in high school. Um, in terms of you know, social validation, I didn't have a strong friend group. I, I was bullied, you know, all the things you guys already know about my life, but I definitely tried to compensate for that in college and just make the most friends I could possibly make and be surrounded by people all the time and all of those things that we do. Um, thinking about it now, you know, sitting here 25 years old, 
moved on from, you know, that really lame view of people, kind of um, just not a really wholesome view of people thinking, oh my gosh, strength in numbers, like I should just have a million friends and not even know half of their middle names. That's kind of a mark of like a true friend, I think, or maybe there's probably something more telling, like their mom's name. That's when you know that you are friends with this person and it's deep, I guess, or deep enough but when you have like a gazillion friends and you don't really know much about them and it feels very superficial and surface level, you know, those aren't going to be the people that are going to do crazy things for you in your time of need to, I'm trying to think of things my friends have done for me and slash I've done for them. Like if they're feeling really sick or weird and are nervous about it, like, are they going to call you and are you going to take them to the ER or think of a number of, of, instances where you need a real true friend and not someone that's just going to pretend like they didn't see that like skirt away when things are crazy because you know that's not their job they're just friends with you they're, they're your party friends you know and I think you can kind of think of certain people in your life you you need to have those really real true friends and solid friends but then you kind of it's kind of inevitable that you're going to have these other people in your life that are more so in the camp of like they're your acquaintances slash you know business contacts for me it's a lot of you know freelancers and influencers that I'm friends with kind of I mean I'm friends with them they're definitely I'm friendly with them I would say are they my BFFs are they going to ask me how I'm doing or like you know it's, it's not really much deeper than just when they're in town we'll get dinner or something and or we we'll get a cup of coffee or something and I think that's fine that you can have friends like that you can have your really diehard friends but I think it's important to make sure that all of your friends aren't just that acquaintance style friend. And I think it's easy to kind of slip into that, especially when you're in maybe a long-term relationship or you just have maybe one core best friend and you don't allow yourself to see other things on the horizon. This definitely happened to me more so in freshman year of college. I made a really, really great friend and felt like, okay, great, my work here is done. Like, I don't need to make any more friends. And that kind of nipped me in the butt because when she transferred to a different school, I was left on my own having to make new friends all over again. And it was really, really challenging, especially for me coming from all this high school trauma. I mean, but to answer the question here, because I'm kind of like answering every question besides her question, um, I don't feel bad about yourself. I don't think there's anything to worry about because in my experience of being in college as well and having these friends that also had other friends like she kind of mentioned um you know those people that my my core group of friends were also friends with kind of the people they partied with the people that they I don't know like were dating someone who was dating someone that's in their friend you know that sort of kind of friendship that you make with the with your boyfriend's friends girlfriends and things like that they were definitely those types of friendships that my friends were in and it didn't feel all that threatening to me because I knew that a lot of those friendships just knowing my friends morals and knowing their their values and their future plans they wouldn't be around for much longer anyway and also it didn't really affect me as long as we were able to be there for each other and be able to spend a lot of time together and I don't know it's just again it's like a feeling that you have when you're with these people that you know it's gonna be lifelong etc that was enough for me and you know me being a very selective person as well with the people that I spend my time with because you ultimately become most like the people you spend your time with you're the most of your time with you become most like those people as we know that's kind of like a famous idea but yeah I think 
to answer the question, I wouldn't worry too much about it. You know, of course, continue to try to branch out and meet new people because that is how you grow and how you learn as a person and how you explore new ventures and new things. Like I think it's important to keep branching out, but don't think you need to have 30 million friends to be a a good, solid human being. That is not the measure of your worth whatsoever. And I think that that is a mistake that I made for much of my life, you know, thinking in high school that I didn't have, because I didn't have very many friends, that my worth was zero or below zero. And that's just really toxic. It's a toxic way of thinking. Um, And I think this has kind of contributed to, over time, me losing some friends. And of course, these people, they are people and they are good people for the most part, I think. The people that I'm no longer friends with that I was very close with at points in my life. But they just, we just didn't fit in the future or in the parts of my life where I decided, you know, just one way or another that I wasn't going to see them when I was home for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And they just kind of fell off my radar. And it's not out of malice. It's not necessarily like I hate them or they did anything wrong. And and it's honestly, guys, friendships are a two-way street. I kind of operate in the mindset of fewer is better now. Just really, really strong connections with people I value more than having 30 million friends because the more you expand your friend group or your the people that you are making plans with you know when you say yes to one person you are ultimately saying no to other things that you could be doing obviously that's just kind of how time management works so you having kind of surface level conversations with seven people a week takes away from the time where you can just be continuously developing one relationship one friendship and so I think it's all about finding a balance between those acquaintance based friends that you have or people that you see occasionally and new people you're adding to your network and those people that are your core friends that really see you that really get you that align with your morals and values and make you better so it's finding about a balance with those people you have in your life I think and Yeah, I mean, going back to the idea of like, who am I going to see when I open the doors with my fiance, flashing my ring and going in there to my engagement party? It is a big fat question mark right now. I have no idea. And that's kind of okay. It is okay because I do know one thing. I do have one total unwavering constant in the whole thing. And that is me. The one thing that isn't impossible for me to visualize maybe aside from like what my hair is going to look like and you know whatever like the the physical stuff but it's going to be me it's going to be my dna standing there pushing that door open who knows what who's going to be next to me who knows who's going to be waiting for me but i know one thing for certain it's going to be me it's going to be me there i am my rock i am my home i am my safe space and That's something I know for sure. So even when it feels like your life is a total disaster and you can't even articulate it because it's that much of a mess, know that no matter what happens, one constant in your life will always be you. And you got to trust yourself to get you through whatever you're going through right now and whatever you will go through in the future. The other night I was actually sitting on my back porch with my parents and we were sitting, my parents actually just got this really awesome space heater because given the you know spending more time at home stuff they were like we need to be able to sit outside more even when it's cold so we're going to justify buying a space heater so they bought this like really cute little space heater for our little back porch and so we were sitting out there with glasses of wine and we were kind of just like talking about 
things that you talk about with your parents. So like, they're always like, Katie, when you were seven years old, here's what was happening. And like, they love revisiting just like old chapters of my life because it's something that they know very well. And I don't really have any recollection of. So I was kind of on my phone and like scrolling through Instagram at one point because I was like, okay, this is overwhelming. This is a lot. Love you guys. But I need to like tune into social media for a second. And I like heard, like I didn't hear what they were saying. And then I all of a sudden heard like, Katie, you've been there for yourself since day one. And I like looked up from my phone. I'm like, okay, what? Like explain, like, is this like a cute little sentiment or what are you talking about? Like, what's the story? <laughs> what's the story here? And they told me or reminded me, I remember, of course, that this happened, but I came out of my mom with my arm, my hand rather, next to my face and the umbilical cord wrapped around my hand and my face. I think I might have mentioned this on a really old podcast episode, but if it was more recent, forgive me <laughs> because it's still a good story and it goes with what we're talking about. So I had my hand up there and the umbilical cord wrapped and essentially if my hand hadn't been there, the umbilical cord would have wrapped around my neck and potentially suffocated me and I wouldn't have made it or really struggled um, in the womb. So that is honestly, um, so they said, yeah, Katie, you have been there for yourself since day one because if somehow I hadn't in the fetus form had the common sense to put my hand up to protect my face protect my head from the umbilical cord, I would not maybe be here right now, which is really interesting. Um, I mean, you can look back at all of the good, you can cringe at the bad stuff, sift through all the details, all the noise, all the things that have happened, the horrible memories that like hit you in the face when you least expect it and least want to be thinking about these things, the good stuff, the laughs, all the stuff. You know, who is there in every moment? If you look back at those things, who is there? You. And I kind of think of it as like, you know, you're looking at all these moments flashing by and kind of like a super cut sort of like slideshow and there you are smiling up at you in every single memory. It's you. And you were there for you. You got yourself through all that stuff, the good and the bad, the thick and the thin, haha. And gosh, there's so much power in that. Even if it seems silly to think of you being there as a win, just like sitting there and breathing, it is a win because this means, this means something. It means that you made it through all that stuff. You did that. And you did all the stuff. You walked into a cafeteria nervous about like who you're going to eat with the first day of high school, horrible driver's ed classes, terrifying hangovers, the feeling when you I don't know, wake up next to someone and you're like, oh my God, what did I do? No, I did not do that. Fighting with your friends, all the unfortunate stuff that happens in life, all that stuff, you got through those things, you got over those things, you made yourself better and you're still learning, you're still working, but you got yourself over those hurdles and you know, just like you'll get over the next few things, the next things that'll happen you know, for years to come and eventually, you know, bam, you're in that future that you spend so much time worrying about you're there. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is even though my mind is a total mess right now, my heart is still beating. It's still in there doing just fine. I just got to put some faith in myself. Okay. You got to put some faith in yourself that we will make it to the future just fine. And although it's really hard to see what that looks like right now and to visualize it, to put it into words and kind of tie it in a nice organized bow, it's going to it's going to happen. It's going to come. And 
you again will be the constant in that you will be there and although that fact might not be comforting to everyone like as the only thing they need to think about like oh thank god I'm gonna be there awesome I'm not worried anymore like of course it's not gonna put all your worries to rest but just knowing that you know the the biggest hurdle will be conquered I mean just even you sticking around and having faith in yourself to keep doing things keep going out into the world and keep experiencing and challenging yourself and doing new things like that is a win within itself and I was on a walk with my dad this morning we go on these little walks periodically he brings his football and tries to make me learn how to do a spiral which I struggle with every single time and you know I was talking with my dad today I was like I just wish I could fast forward to June of next year because I was talking to him about that article that I'd seen he was like well Katie you know classic my dad always knows what to say he was like well why don't you just like do some things with this time you know until now until June that you wouldn't be able to do you know perhaps come June when things are wild and happening again like read some books make some art listen to some music do some things that you know future you might do some things that future you might not have time to do and I was like wow that's a really good way of looking at it uh you don't need to like conquer the world during COVID and start a whole business if you don't want to and I think that's the big misconception with this sort of mentality that you need to build Rome in a day and and just do absurd things no but just maybe focus on no but I guess maybe spend less energy I'm kind of talking to myself here spend less energy wishing it was next year and more thinking about what you can do in this moment that will enrich you that will make you a better person and a lot of times that means rest and that means focusing on things that seem too slow and too monotonous and just things that you that you glaze right over when times are you know alive and happening and you're socializing and doing things I'm definitely going to be good in the book department I ordered a bunch of new books which I'm going to I think discuss in next week's episode I'm going to talk about the book titles I got and why and the synopses synopsises synopsises of each of them because you guys love when I do that but I do want to answer a couple more dear Katie questions before we go I'm like unlocking my iPad okay um here are a few questions you guys had for me first of all a lot of you guys were asking me what sweater I was wearing in my story yesterday when I posted the dear Katie prompt so the sweater was actually from free people they have amazing sweaters right now I mean they always have great stuff I took a very careful look at their website to make sure that the sweaters I was buying weren't itchy because there's nothing worse than a really cozy looking sweater that is a total lie and is actually so itchy. That is probably the worst thing ever. Anywho. Okay, so a few questions. What do you miss doing the most since the pandemic began? So this is a tough question. I feel like I miss bars the most. (laughs) I miss some of the things that I probably complained about the most when I lived in New York. Crowded bars, miss that. I honestly miss it. I miss just like having all that energy surrounding me, all that uplifting, like positive, happy energy surrounding me in a bar, in a crowded place. Like I miss like, you know, people miss festivals, people miss concerts, things like that. It's a very similar thing. So I miss like bars. I miss crowded subway trains, you know, because you're surrounded by all these hardworking people. Like I just miss people, honestly. I miss being able to meet strangers and talk to strangers get to know strangers although of course you know stranger danger things that aren't extremely safe regardless of what time but you know you know what I mean it's like I just want to 
make connections with people that I don't already know. And I feel like that's very hard to do in a pandemic aside from social media wise and over texting and hinge and tinder and I don't have tinder but things like that um yeah so I I just miss I miss that sort of interaction um next question is dear Katie how do you get over someone you had a super strong physical connection with like I've tried to get back out there and have a hoe phase but nothing is the same well I mean first of all you don't necessarily have to get back out there right away if that's going to ease your peace of mind and make you feel better totally do it but I think that that is a big kind of misconception with like the healing grieving process it's like sometimes you need to take a moment for yourself and be selfish and you know those things I do want to say that but I also just think that time really does heal things and I know people hate to hear that because it you know people are impatient they just want to be over the bridge like they want something to tuck in their pocket and be like okay this is all I need to hear this is all I need to know and then I'll be over this person and it's not that instantaneous it's it's typically not that easy. I feel like time heals a lot of things. And I guess, you know, the more people that you meet and I guess right now it's, it's hard with the pandemic, but the more things that you kind of fill your time with, the more it's the same as just any sort of time passing. It's like the, the busier you are, maybe not busy with work necessarily, but busy with just plans and fun moments to explore creative things like art and reading and things like that just filling your days with things like that that will enrich you that will make you feel good and happy those things will speed up time and then eventually you'll be like who is that person I don't even remember that person like I've definitely had super strong physical connections with people and hookups and things like that where it has taken me a long time to get over it and I got super mad at myself for not getting over it sooner like or more swiftly, I suppose. You can't get too in your head about these sorts of things. It's kind of like that episode of Sex and the City when I believe it's Charlotte says, she like came up with this metric of like how long it takes you to get over someone based on how long you'd been together. And it was like this this science and this or this mathematical like metric. And I think obviously things like that are kind of BS, but it is kind of true to a certain extent that if you're with someone for a while, hooking up with someone for a while, having this physical connection with someone for a while, it is hard to kick it overnight, kind of cold turkey. And you can't be too hard on yourself for not doing that because we are humans. We are wired to feel. We are wired to have connections with other people. And so it isn't going to be one of those overnight fixes. So if you are one of those people that wants to get right back out there right away, be gentle with yourself. Know that the first few times that you are intimate or physically connected with someone it's going to be natural for you to compare it to the previous and be natural for you to think about other people that you've been with and that's just honestly that's life that that is normal I think know that eventually this will just be water under the bridge I feel like so many of us have been in this boat and know how it feels and you're not alone in this and it's not you it's not something wrong with you you know we we humans are crazy things and sometimes you can be like why why am I carrying this trauma from this previous situation like why is this still ruining and ruling my life I really recommend therapy for situations like this where you're just kind of working through things that maybe are traumatic or were traumatic and that are under the surface and you can't quite crack talking to a therapist really does help and I guess I'll answer one more question this is going to be a lengthy episode guys I'm really uh, just chatty today love it um 
So someone asked, Katie, what was the catalyst of you deciding to move to the West Coast? So I do have a whole episode kind of about my moving to the West Coast and my reasons for that and everything. But I think kind of now all these months later, all these months, it's been like four months or something later, just kind of thinking about it, it definitely was just... I wanted a change of scenery and I also wanted to test myself a bit, challenge myself a bit and see how I would react in a different environment from New York because New York I think is one of those places that will always have my heart that is kind of my end all be all down the line. Who knows how close the line is but I do love it there and I just kind of wanted to see how I would react and, and what life would be like in a different place because I think, you know, my whole life I've only really experienced, of course, Maryland where I grew up, but I didn't totally love it here growing up. So I had kind of a negative connotation surrounding it for a while working on that. And then North Carolina where I went to school, which I knew I didn't really want to end up down south. Nothing against that. I just I had my fill and I I do love southern things, but North Carolina specifically just like wasn't for me. Totally fine because, you know, things are different strokes for different folks, as they say. So California just felt so new and so shiny and different and I wanted to try it and see how I'd react and see what's up over there because I think this, I mean, this is probably the most untethered I will be in my life. I don't have roots somewhere with a family, with kids, with a a husband or anything. I can kind of just take a shot in the dark and see what happens and so that's kind of what I'm doing out in California for a bit and who knows how long this will last and what. I mean, I'm definitely learning a lot about myself out there. I'm growing a lot. In this, even in this short time, I've grown a lot in California, so I'm definitely kind of just seeing where things take me there. I have mentioned in this episode, of course, that it's scary to not know what the future holds and to have there be a huge question mark in the place of where hopes and dreams might have been and things like that. But I think there is some excitement and some magic in that because you don't know what beautiful places you could go and what beautiful things could happen because things that are beyond what you could have even imagined for yourself. Oftentimes it happens and you need to have that wiggle room in your plan, in your blueprints for your life to make sure you have time to do those crazy things and to let those things into your life and let those things happen. So yeah, that's kind of my answer to that question. And I feel like that's kind of a good stopping point for our episode, guys. I had a lot of fun with today's episode. Total heart spill, totally me just like talking at you guys hope it was fun for you i'll definitely be back with a more philosophical slash historical episode next week i love just scattering in these little dear katie heart spill episodes here and there just to you know kind of touch base with you guys and make sure we're all we're all doing okay in the feels department because feelings are hard um and so is the mind as we know hard to crack but yeah that's it for this episode guys i hope you all enjoyed and i will talk to you guys all next thursday in our next episode of thick and thin bye (laughs) 